You are now listening to a Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have TJ. And this is Jaren. And this week we are going to cover the eighth law. Make other people come to you. Use bait if necessary. All right. And as we've made a habit now, we've made it a tradition. We're going to go through the translation. So I'm going to pass it to Jaren right now. What you got for a translation this week? So this week's translation is going to be a little different. Um, It's more of a story. When I first heard this law, I immediately thought of this story that I heard. And it's kind of like, I think it's like uh, like a yogi story. And basically, it's a story about um, a girl that wanted to pet a, a squirrel. She, okay. she wanted to pet a squirrel so badly and so she every time she saw a squirrel she would chase it and you know just try to then you know she would try to chase it to touch it and of course the squirrel the squirrel would run away um she would try to sneak up on it but you know it was still squirrel would run away and so one day her parent told her you know why don't you try to lure the squirrel in um with using you know some peanuts and so she started off by tossing the peanut kind of close to the squirrel. And then the next day she tossed it a little closer to her and it just got closer and closer to eventually the squirrel was eaten out of her hand. She made the squirrel come to her. Nice translation, Jaren. Appreciate that. That makes it very, very clear what the law is. And I have a couple of words from the OG himself. That's OG Robert Green, as Jaron calls him, OGRG. And we're going to continue with that tradition. So he says, when you force the other person to act, you are the one in control. It is always better to make your opponent come to you, abandoning his own plans in the process. Lure him with fabulous gains, then attack. You hold the cards. And this reminds me of the preface when we talked about this power struggle that we do every day. It's a game. It's one big game. So when he makes the analogy that you hold the cards, it truly is that you are holding the cards in the game. Yeah. And another thing that, you know, when he said that, what I another thing I immediately thought about was kind of like in football uh-huh. where um, you have, say, like that halfback draw. Yeah. Or I guess the play action passes is kind of the same thing, too. But <clears throat> basically what that means is the um, on offense, the football team will um, make it seem as if they were going to pass the ball. Okay. So that makes so the their, defense. So their stance, their, yeah, their, their stance, the way that they line up, their formation looks like a passing formation. Right. That, and then once the ball is actually snapped, they kind of move in a way that looks like this is definitely going to be a pass. So okay. that kind of makes the defense 
react in a sense that they're now defending the pass. Okay. But at the last second, the quarterback then hands the ball to the running back, and it's a running play. Right. He shoves the ball into the gut of the running back and is like, get out of here. Run for your life. Right. And um, so that kind of reminds me of what you just said as far as, like, making, um, you know, making the opponent commit to attacking in a certain way but then you know because you showed them one thing and then and so you kind of lured them in and then you went around basically right you went right. another way you showed them something that you did something completely different true another uh, sports analogy it's funny that you come up with that sports analogy with football because I had a basketball sports analogy myself is what I immediately thought of was like a half court trap and in that situation, you might have one guy or two guys at the top of the trap letting the guy, you know, letting the opposition inbound the ball. And you let them feel as though they're dribbling wherever they want to dribble because you're actually subconsciously pushing them to one side because you give them one angle. So you might stand on the right side and give a defensive stance cutting off the right side so they can't dribble that way. Right. And you kind of force them to dribble to the left and so because you, you're giving them the left and he's like well if i have this whole side wide open i might as well That's dribble that way, way. Yep. right and once they dribble themselves close to the sideline that's when another guy pops out and possibly another guy pops out. Next thing you know, you have the sideline as a defender because they can't go out of bounds. And you have three people on that one guy trapping him from passing the ball. And so that guy was lured into thinking that, oh, this side is wide open. I guess I'll just go to this side and end up getting trapped in the end. Shout out to Berkeley's uh, JV basketball team. Arguably, <laughs> arguably the the most aggressive uh, trap in the nation. <laughs> right, right. Well, it was. I don't know nowadays. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how they're doing now with with different coaching staffs. Well, Mister Mister Bills had y'all. <laughs> <laughs> had that trap yeah, nice. He, he had that trap tight, straight up. He really did. And so, um, those are really really good examples in the sports world of how you can lure people in. And make them take the bait. And Robert Greene also associated, even in su- in meetings and such, meetings and negotiations, he was saying that you want to try to have those meetings and negotiations on your territory. Because if you have them on your territory, then you're more calm and you're kind of relaxed and ready because everything looks familiar to you versus the person that's. And I keep saying opposition or opponent, but since this is a game, I mean, the person that you're going against is the opponent at the time. It might be all love there, but at the time, they're your opponent. Or even like like you're a potential client. Um, This was a tactic uh, I would use as far as making sure I'm on the home court. So basically, um, when I would meet up with a wedding client, Mm-hmm. At first, I started off meeting like at a neutral place and trying to meet them in the middle somewhere and try to meet at, at like a Starbucks. But the problem with that is, you know, that opened me up to the risk of forgetting something at home or maybe their Wi-Fi was kind of being spotty or whatever. But um, as I got more experience, I was like, nope, I'm having all of my meetings at my house. And that way. 
I can control everything. I can control the the mood of the lighting, the music, the smells. I know my Wi-Fi was going to be on point. Right. Um, I didn't have any issues with forgetting anything. Maybe they would ask to see more albums or something. Well, I had them right there. And right. So, That's um, a really good example. <laughs> and so that always worked um, in my favor. You know, I had the upper hand. And then I didn't have to worry about being late. <laughs> you know, so I was already at home. Right. You know, it was just a win-win-win so, for me. Exactly. And you know what? Let's talk about that a little bit because that puts things in per- into perspective. Generally, I mean, most most of us are good people and we want to do the best thing for everybody because we want to be good people. Right. So in your situation, you would say, you know what? Let's meet up at a neutral spot. I want to meet up at a neutral ground. And that might be that Starbucks that's in the middle where you drive 11 minutes and they drive 11 minutes and you're exactly neutral. And look at you. You're such a great person. But when you get there, you're 11 minutes away from home and you try to log into the Wi-Fi and it doesn't work properly. And you're trying to show them pictures. Now you look like that you're not prepared, even though the Wi-Fi isn't your fault. right? Right. And so even if you're a good person and you say, let's meet up in that halfway spot and you get there and they get there and they know it's not your Wi-Fi, they're good people, too. However, you are the blame for not being prepared at the end of the day. So right. if you forget one of your wedding books or if you forget your charger for your computer and it's about to die or even something you can't control, like the Wi-Fi is dead and now we have to reconvene for another meeting it's now your fault and you're put you're put at a disadvantage because you look like you're not prepared so the best thing that you could do is say well come to my home where you knew everything would be on point so that that's uh that's a pretty smart idea and also you have that comfort zone yourself that you have everything that you need and if they have any questions you can help them with those questions right and um this is a little off topic, but since we are talking about sports and stuff, I actually saw uh, during a uh, playoff high school playoff football game this weekend, um, our old our old high school, Berkeley, they um, were playing against this team and I got there a little early and they were playing classical music. Okay. And the team, Berkeley wasn't even out on the field yet. The other team was like, throwing their warm ups, trying to get amped up, but they were playing like this classical piano music. You know, it's just just, you know, trying to kind of, I guess, take that hypeness out of the other team. (laughs) (laughs) So so basically they use this as a tactic. But, you know, this is their home field. You know, they're taking advantage of everything they could possibly they possibly can from making this team sit on the side of the field where there's no shade to using all the shade by (laughs) playing this classical music. And, right. and that's exactly what it was. I went and asked the person who was um, one of the former teachers uh, or one of our old teachers who's still there. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> they were using that as a tactic to kind of uh, cool down this team. So uh, and they and then they ended up winning 60 to like 16. So 60 to 16. Yeah. So it worked. When did they get that good? <laughs> hey, they undefeated this year. 
Are they? Yeah. They are killing it. I didn't, man. They wasn't killing it like that when I was in school. I'll tell you that right. much. But, but exactly. Field, so you know, you you, you want to <laughs> utilize your home. You want to utilize your home field advantage the best that you can, and that's and that's the the premise to making people come to you because they appear to be in control. They're coming to you what seems to be on their terms, and they're going to speak to you right then. Maybe they're hot headed. Maybe they're not. Maybe they feel like they have everything all planned out, but really they have no idea that you had set bait for them to come there right. and you had been waiting on them the entire time. And then they're out of their normal condition. They're out of their uh, normal playing field, if you will, since we're talking sports. And now they're <clears throat> in unfamiliar territory. They don't have those things that they would normally lean on to lean on. Have you ever been in a, discu in a discussion where you're in this discussion, you start trying to make points, but you don't have all the information there to make that point. So if you've come to me, so say we're at work and we're in a meeting and you've come across the building to me and you want to debate with me at my cubicle or in my office, yeah. you don't have all the things you need when I start asking you questions. Right. And now you have to get back to me. Well, I, I don't have that. I'll get back to you. And when I turn that conversation into a questionnaire and start asking you all these questions that you don't have answers to. Now I'm having you come back to me with answers because your trip was insufficient. You didn't have enough information. So now you feel like you're deficient. You go away from that meeting feeling like you lost or that negotiation feeling like you lost because you didn't have everything available to you. Now you have to come back with more information. And you're less power for you're less powerful at this point, which is what this whole thing is all about. Exactly. Making sure you're gaining power. Um, exactly. And I can see this even working in the dating world. Like, so say you have like a lounge or something you always go to. You know, uh -huh. you, you meet a girl and you're like, hey, let's go out. Rather than meeting somewhere where it's new to you, you know, you don't know exactly how to get there. Um, you're not really sure of the law of the land. You know, you're not you're not familiar with the crowd, how yeah. crowded and busy it's going to be, even though it might be neutral. But this isn't about being neutral. If you're trying to, you know, you're on this date, you're trying to make yourself look good in front of this person. You need to be in complete control as much as possible. So why not meet at the lounge where you frequent, you know, where the bartender even knows your name. Right. They know what you like. They, they greet you with a smile. They know you which makes you look like a boss you know for your in front of your date exactly because if you walk in and like hey Jaren you want uh you want another uh cognac neat right you know you want another and there she's like wow how, how do they how do they know you yeah. Or if it's a bar, you can look like the town drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's, like, so how many times do you come here? <laughs> so the power cast isn't about dating advice, but you wouldn't want to go to like the hole in the wall. This would be like kind of a nicer <laughs> place. And, right. And so, and so, it, it, so when they ask you that, it's like, oh, wow, this is, you know, that's impressive. They don't like, you don't want to look like the town drunk. <laughs> right. Again, like Jared said, this is this is the power cast. We don't we don't specialize in advice on this podcast. We are the advice connoisseurs on our corporate streets podcast. So you want some dating advice, go to that one. This is for the sake of example. <clears throat> but as you were saying, Jaron, you're right. Uh, you do want everything to be in your favor. So 
it seems like it would be the best thing to do to go somewhere that you know all of the variables or as many as the variables as possible. And it's definitely, and again, and that's a power play. I mean, don't get it messed up. You know, when you're going on dates, it's all about being in control and having power in order to be successful on that date. Right. Which is which is very important if you want to uh, if you want to come away with the win, win meaning translation. I got translation. Win meaning knock it down that night. That's not the only way to win. See, I I knew it was a trap when I when you said translate. I led man. you into it. No, man. I led I when, you in. I right, you exactly. In. No, man. Win meaning that you had a you had a a successful date. Your date was happy. You were happy, and you ended up looking like a boss in the end. And then you knocked it down that night. Right. That could lead to knocking it down. Or night. a second date, I guess. Or a second date. <laughs> That is hilarious. That is hilarious. Um, So for another uh, example that Robert Greene talked about in his stories, but I can see this happening at work all the time. Jaron, have you ever been in a situation or have you ever seen a situation where somebody might have been put on your team or hired to your team and you were expected to work with them or train them and they might be put in a higher position than you or they might be getting glory all the time. Have you ever seen that happen? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in this example that Robert Greene talked about in his book, he was saying that, and I don't know the names or details, but the gist of the story, it hits home because it happens to everybody or happens close enough for you to see it. But basically this person was hired uh, to do this job along you know, with the second person. So let's say I'm here, I'm hired, I'm doing the job. They hired Jaron along to be on my team, but Jaron doesn't know what he's doing, right? And I don't want to work with Jaron because I don't want to have to train this guy from scratch. I don't want him creeping in and getting my credit. So you know what? I'm just going to call out sick for a little while and let let management know that, well, you got Jaron here. <laughs> You know, Jaron can totally why, do the job why do I while I'm to out sick. Example? I don't like the way I'm being used in this example. Come on, man. It's just for example's sake, man. It's just for the example. You, you want me to call out another name? You could just been like Todd or somebody. It didn't have to be. <laughs> you don't want to be. You don't want to seem deficient. <laughs> because like, yeah, I don't like the way this is going. All right. Well, we already started it now. Okay. So. <laughs> So not you, Jaren. There's another Jaren. There's another Jaren out there. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my other homeboy, Jaren, that I've been knowing for a lot of years. Oh, okay. That I do a podcast with. But oh, not okay. you, though. All right, cool. Got it? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jaren can uh, totally do the job. And I call out sick for a little while. The job goes to hell, basically. It doesn't get done. And it gives management an opportunity to see that this person didn't know what they were doing. And in that example, Robert Greene was saying that, okay, you let them come to you. Instead of me complaining to management that I don't want this guy, Jaron, here. I don't want to work with him. He doesn't know what he's doing. What I would have done was is let management come to me and say, you know what? Jaron is doing a terrible job. We had to get rid of him. Is there any way that you can fix this problem or get this back running up and running for us? And then I will come back and save the day. That way, I don't look like a complainer. I don't look like I'm upset and bitter. I just look like the boss that came in and saved the day. 
so that's that's wow. another example of letting of letting people come to you you can also use this at work totally this that something about that story reminded me of this um other real life situation um from the simpsons and okay. <laughs> real life from the simpsons though for real. and basically homer had gotten fired from the plant and mr burns you know knew he wanted to you know come back and ask for his job and so he had a door made that was so small that the only thing you could do is crawl back crawl in, crawl in, crawl into the room and uh-huh. so homer crawls through the through the door and mr burns is like ah i see you come crawling back <laughs> to beg for your job <laughs> and so he baited him to crawl in you know just you know he forced him into doing that just so he could say that he had to, to crawl make back. him crawl <laughs> So, Dude, the Simpsons are the king of those jokes, man. Yeah, man. They're the king. Definitely. So, uh, as in, in true OG fashion, there's always that reversal, right? right? So, in the reversal, the OG was just saying that there are times when being aggressive and striking suddenly is best because it surprises and demoralizes the opposition. So, initially, he was saying that you need to sit back and wait on the opposition. But in this reversal, he was saying that you need to strike and be aggressive because it can de- demoralize your opponent. So rather than waiting on them to come to you, you find them, force the issue, and then you take the lead. And if you attack quickly, the other person doesn't have time to think or plan is the purpose of that. Right. So when is it? And this is this is the problem with the reversal is now after listening or reading this whole chapter, I'm confused now. When should I be waiting versus when should I be striking so in this so the last time I had to figure it out for myself and I gave it to the listeners of the power cast but this time he made it very very direct he was saying that if you have the time your opposition is equal in strength and uh in that situation you would want to make them use their resources and energy to come to you so if you're equal strength and you have time on your side mm-hmm. however okay. you don't have much time on your side or the opposition and or the opposition is weak and depleted, you don't want to give them any time to recover. You want to go and force the issue right then. So in a negotiation, in, in real world, because this is definitely war talk, but in the real world, if you're in a negotiation and you've just had it out with the person that you're negotiating with, maybe you don't want to give them time to think another week on it. Maybe you want to give them a day. Because you don't want them to have time to go and talk to a lot of people and uh, go and try to figure out some other plan to go against you. Maybe you want to give them a short amount of time and you want to go and force the issue. Or maybe you give them two days and then you walk up to them the next day and say, you know what? This and this has happened. I need a decision now. And you make them decide. I definitely used to do that um, with the wedding photography again. I would. Oh, uh, was, was you one of those talking about, man, somebody wants to book on your day, so I need you to tell me right now. Absolutely. <laughs> somebody, somebody's inquired about this date already. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't push them into that. Like, I would be a lot more um, passive about it. I'd be like, yeah, I know right. somebody else was asking about that day. They haven't, haven't heard back from them yet, but just kind of okay. plan it in their mind that right this day that they don't have six months to figure this thing out right. somebody's inquired about about the exact same date so they better figure it out sooner than later right okay 
And again, that's kind of that's actually kind of attacking. People do and that with although houses it's, all the time, like in the real estate. Oh, definitely. Definitely in real estate. That happens. Anything that I've seen that happen in so many sales pitches, anything that's outside of a brick and mortar store where right. you know that they have 50 of them in stock. Right. If it's a service of some sort, you better believe they're like, uh, we need to know. Kind of, we kind of need to know now because. I mean, tomorrow we're not going to have it available or, oh, this is the last day for this deal. This right. is the last day. And you feel like you, oh, I guess I have to. You're kind of forced into it. That's a tactic yeah. that people use in negotiation all the time. Old time tactic. Yeah, definitely. That's old school tactic. There's nothing new about that. <laughs> so we went through uh, we went through the, the law. We also went through the reversal. And that's all I got, man. All right. So this has been another episode of the Corporate Streets Powercast. Epic episode, too, by the way. Always I like the epic. way it goes. <laughs> these Powercasts, man, these things are great. You know, they are. They are. Always always good to, to help help people out. Um, exactly. It also helps and us it out, might be some things. It might be some things that people know already, but they don't think of it that way until we give them that analogy or we put it in layman's terms or or even better if Robert, you know, Robert Greene explains it that way. There's been a bunch of things that I've that I've read in OG, his book. OG. Yeah, that the OG, when he says it, it's like, you know what? I've been doing that and didn't know why that works or didn't know why I was doing it. Exactly. So. Exactly. All right, guys. And um, also make sure you tune in to the Corporate Streets podcast. Hold on, I got people walking in. <laughs> make sure make sure you listen to the Corporate Streets podcast. Um, we put that out on every Tuesday. They're just going to start talking, right? Okay. <laughs> We're not going to edit this out either. Uh, listen to the podcast every Tuesday. Um, make sure you send us an email if you have any questions um, at thecorporatestreets at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at the Corporate Streets on both, or just search us. You know we're out there. Yeah, we tell you every week, and we're uh, easy to find. Yeah, and next week, next week uh, we have a law number nine, which is win through your actions, never through argument. Never, never. And I know never I got argument. the perfect example already for that. I'm ready for this one. I can't wait. <laughs> right. And um, let's see. Alan, since you came in here, hey, you want to say something? Come here. You can say hi. Hi. What do you want? What do you want? What are you doing in here? Uh. 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 Okay. <laughs> so don't come in here interrupting if you don't know what you're gonna say. Right. Uh, he got <clears throat> stage fright, bro. He just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, and this is the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the Powercast for people who say, "Dad, can I ask you something? What do you do around here?" And that dad looks at him and says, "I don't have to do anything around here except for pay the bills." put food on the table and put clothes on your back you understand thank you wow that's pretty powerful right there 
in literal and uh, colloquially. <laughs> <laughs> All right, holla, peace. listening to the corporate streets 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 the corporate streets